Today we're going to talk about um, a discovery process. Today we're going to talk about discovering your gifts. Discovering what God has placed inside of you. And the second thing we're going to talk about next week is we're going to talk about discovering our passions because I want you to know what you're gifted with, but I want you to know where to place those gifts. To, to make this real, I'm going to share with you really briefly this great story a friend of mine taught me, or he was telling me about. He was at a church, he was leading, and there was a woman there who was really, really, really gifted as an administrator. She thought in file sequences, very orderly. Do you know anybody like this? If you don't, you should find somebody, because if you do, they probably will compliment the chaos that you leave. These are life lessons from Pat. I'm a whirlwind. My wife is not. Okay? So this woman was really, really gifted administratively. She just she knew how to make everything was prepared, every I dotted, every T crossed. That was her gifting, but she was really passionate about worship. Come to find out this woman had zero musical ability. She couldn't play an instrument, she couldn't sing. She was very passionate about worship. So what they found was is that through, uh, through her helping her find her gifts and find her passion, she actually became part of the worship team. And her whole job is she participated with the worship team. She, she lived life with the worship team. She went to all the gatherings with the worship team. She, she prayed with the worship team on Sunday morning. She was there to support them. She was part of the family in, in that small family way, in the bigger portion of family. She was part of the worship team. And her one job she did every week is she made sure that all the songs were distributed to all the players. She made sure that everything was in order the way that it needed. So when those, those musicians walked in, everything was where it needed to be. If they had questions, they talked to her. She was the administrative person in the worship community. This is important, family. Our job here, as I see it, is mandated in Scripture, is I want you to know that you're number one on the right bus. I want you to know you're on the right bus. Uh, as, as Just as a metaphor, let's say our bus here at the Movement is blue. And you're like, hey, I, the bus I want to be on, I, I don't want any instruments on stage. I want a pastor that dresses in a three-piece suit. Okay, I totally get it. Man, there's a red bus down the street that has a seat on it for you. And I want to do everything I can to help you find the right bus for you. So we do something called Starting Point. Last weekend, we ended our day and we gathered with a bunch of people that are new in our church and I simply said, hey, this is where the church started from. This is who we are. This is who I am. Main ministry leaders and our staff were there, and people got to ask questions. And why do we do that? Because I want you to know the bus that you're getting on. And some people stop there, and they say, well, that, we're really caring for people because we're helping them understand the bus they're getting on. But it's not good enough because once you get on the bus, how many of us know that we have to find our seat? Now, I'm ADD, so I just run around and I just try all kinds of seats. I can tell you right now, I prefer to sit in the back seat. So even here, I, I love, I'm just pacing around the back. I want to know what's going on. I'll come up to the front. You'll see me walking up and down the aisle. What am I doing? I'm just kind of checking. I'm like, well, this is what this seat feels like. This is, this is awesome. But now, this time on the roller coaster, I'm going to sit in the very front. I want to see what the front feels like. Now I want to see what the back feels like. And, and, and in my life experience, as a follower of Jesus, what's happened is I've jumped from seat to seat, 
But in, in the meantime, what I'm doing is I'm learning myself. I'm learning more of who God is. I'm learning more of who I am in Christ. I'm learning more about him. I'm learning more about me. And as these two begin to snowball and roll, you end up seeing someone. I'm standing here today, 17 years later in this process, and I'm in the right seat on the right bus. And this, and this book, if I take it seriously, which I do, I take it very seriously, that I should do the stuff that it tells me in here, I should help you find the right bus and find the right seat. So we're going to do something. As a church, if you're willing and open, we've created something that I think is, is super cool um, for the first time here. At the end of today, you're going you're gonna to have the ability to walk out of here and you're going to be able to take a spiritual gifts test for free on us. And you simply go to our website and you just click the thing that says spiritual gifts test. You can go to our app right now. If you're in our app, you can look. The very first thing it says is spiritual gifts test. There's a code for you to put in. That code, it's very important. If you put that code in, you're going to get to take the test for free. And here's what's going to happen. The results are going to get sent to you. And this is how God has gifted you. But the results are also going to get sent to us. And then we get to nerd out. Because when we get the data, we get to go, oh my gosh. This is how you're gifted. That totally makes sense. That makes sense in conversation why this happens. That makes sense that when you're serving here, that makes sense that this is how you approach. This totally makes sense. And then the other really cool thing is we're going to get a cross-section of our entire church and we're going to see which way our church leans or if we're even or where the giftings are in our church. Super, super cool ability for us to be able to do this. Why? Because I want to know what your gifting is. You want to know. There's not a person in this room that goes, nah, I don't want to know my purpose. Every single one of you want to know your purpose. The deepest of depression is, I'm telling you right now, the deepest of depressed states is you questioning your purpose. That's, I, I'm a firm believer God took me out of depression because he actually told me and showed me and put me in place and I know my purpose. So I don't battle the depression that I used to battle. Is everyone with me this morning? So we're going to learn our gifts. We're going to discover our passions. And in the third week, we're going to do what I call discovering our yes. That stone by stone, we're going to learn how to say yes and build a pathway to the platforms that you have been created to stand on and I've been created to stand on. They're unique, but this is the cool thing. We get to do it together. Today, we're going to start in the book of Romans chapter 12. We're going to talk about gifts. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're gifted. Turn to your other neighbor and say, you're gifted. This is what Paul says in the book of Romans, chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, is good, pleasing, and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourselves more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourselves with sober judgment in accordance with the measure of faith God has given you. Because each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. You guys understand that picture? All of us have a body. Different members, organs, you can't see. Some of, some of the gifted organs in, in you and I, we can't even see, but they're really, really important. Right? That, that's what the scripture is talking about. 
So each of us has, has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. So in Christ, we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it to prof, uh, in a proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. If it's teaching, let him teach. If it's encouraging, let him encourage. If it's contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. Number one. We're going to establish some things. Gifts, number one, gifts are from the Father. The gifts that you and I have in our, in our lives are from the Father. Uh, James 1, don't be deceived, my brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Uh, so I liken it to this. My four-year-old is really excited about presents, about gifts, right? She comes down on Christmas morning, she thinks at four years old that every single gift under the tree is for who? Her. And did you know that every single gift that God has created, that you're not going to actually have every single gift in your life every, and operating at a high level? Like, okay, so like four-year-old thinks like every gift is mine. I get to play with all of them at once. I don't even want to play with that, but if I say you touch it, I'm going to take it and I'm going to play with it for 10 seconds. And when you walk away, I'm going to put it down. I'm going to walk away and go back to what I'm really... You, you, you've seen this routine with kids. Very fascinating. And so she opens up her little present. We finally get her situated. These are your gifts, okay? And we've, pre we've prepared as a father. I've prepared. And we, 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 we do it in the quiet of night. She's surprised. Oh. She opens up the gift. And then later in the day, I said to you, I said, oh, I said, do you like that? And she goes, yeah, she's telling me. She, goes, she likes it. Like, I like. I like it. I said, who gave that to you? She goes, uh-uh, daddy, where did you get that? And although this is very cute, what we would say is, is like, this is just a very immature way of looking at things. And she doesn't understand yet that true gifts aren't something that you give yourself. It's something that someone gives to you. But don't we do this spiritually? We take ownership of our gifts and we say, these are mine because I gave them to myself. And the father's looking at us like me on Christmas morning and my four-year-old and going like, very cute you are. <laughs> You'll realize one day that you didn't give that to yourself. That it was a blessing from the heart of the father. We need to number one understand that gifts are from the father. Number two, gifts are for the service of others. 1 Peter 4. I'm going to jump to verse 10 in this. It says, each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in various forms. Anyone speaks, they should do as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. 
And then amen means so be it. We should use whatever gifts we've been given for the service of others. It's this idea that I've been given something. It's, it's this idea that I've been handed this gift, but it's mine, and so it's there to serve me. It's there to, to perpetuate life for me. It's there for me to be able to take the advantages of these things. But it's not for anyone else. It's mine. We should walk with gifts. With open hands and open hearts. Open hands and open hearts. Remember the four-year-old I told you about? As soon as you pick up a gift and they're like, I want to play with that now. That's not an open hand or open heart. God is saying we should use our gifts, whatever it is that we've been given, as, as, in the giftings that we have to serve others, we should have an open hand and open hearts. That I have an open heart to say, Father, I'm standing in front of somebody and I don't know what's in my tool bag that you've given me, but what I'm asking is for you to show me what it is that they need. Now, I have open hands, Father. Help me decipher what gifts I need to take out of my tool bag to be able to bless this person. And I want to have an open hand to, to grab, I want an open heart to hear, I want open hands to grab the tools that I need, these gifts, and I want an open hand to be able to extend because if someone even wants to take that gift for themselves, I'm, I have an open-handed response. So you've blessed me, you blessed me with this phone. Someone needs to make a phone call. It's an emergency. I have an open hand and open heart. Yes, you can take my phone. What happens a lot of times is we treat uh, our walk with Jesus like a single-player game. Like we're getting on to PlayStation or Xbox and it's like single-player game. It's for me. It's about me. These gifts are mine. They're meant to protect my life. They're meant to perpetuate my life. They're meant to provide for my life. They're not meant for anybody else. And what happens is inadvertently, you and I don't even know it, we begin closing our hands on these gifts and we place them in our, in our tool bags. We place them in our pockets and they become attachments to us and they become our identity. Okay, so let me, let me make this simple. I'm holding an iPhone in my hand. I have an open hand with my, my iPhone. When we close our hands on the gifts that God has given us, and we decide to put them in our pockets, in our tool bags that only serve us and they're about us. We begin walking around and awkwardly introducing ourselves by our gifts. Hi, good morning. Welcome to Movement Church. My name is Pastor iPhone. Because what I carry, the, the gifts I carry, what I carry is my identity. Well, I'm this. And then like, what are you going to say? You're like, uh, I'm this. And then it's like this, like, well, I'm, I'm prophetic. Did you say pathetic? <laughs> Squeeze me. I, I can't seem to hear you. No, no, I'm, I'm a prophet. <laughs> That's weird. And I want you to understand something. I believe in the fullness of every one of these gifts. 
However, we are not supposed to carry them close-handed and make them our identities. I prefer to not have a business card that says, Pat, and this is my role at the Movement Church. I'm very careful. Can I, can I share? Just I'm going to pull something back a little bit. I'm going to share something with you that you guys probably, you may catch and you may not catch. I'm gonna, and I'm going to be vulnerable and tell you why I do this. Good morning. My name is Pat. I'm one of the senior pastors here at the Movement Church. Why do I say that? Because I'm part of a team. What I never want to do is allow my heart to get to a place where I identify with the gift and the seat on the bus that I sit in more than I identify with being a son of a living God. And so what you'll never hear me say is, you'll never hear me introduce myself and say, hi, I'm Pat, I'm the lead pastor of this church. You'll never hear me say, this is my church. Because it's not. I can be gone tomorrow. God could bring in an an amazingly anointed person who will blow the doors off of anything that I will ever see happen through my life. And I understand that when I remove my gift from a bucket of water, when I remove myself, pull your fist out of a bucket of water, what happens? Does a hole remain? No. Some humility in my own understanding that there's nothing about me that's special. So I'm not the lead. Why am I saying this? Because I never want this to become an identity issue in my heart. You, you understand? So good morning. I'm Pat. I'm one of the pastors here at the Movement Church, which, by the way, is your church. And I thank you for the privilege that you give me to serve you humbly on this platform as I lead you. Number three, gifts are meant to be grown. This might hurt a little bit. Gifts are meant to be grown. 2 Timothy 1.6, for this reason I remind you. Now I want to stop there, the scripture. Paul's writing to Timothy. Timothy was young. Paul's an older dude. Paul says, hey, I want to remind you. Who is he reminding? Timothy. So I'm saying to you, I want to remind you. Who am I reminding? You. So whatever I'm about to say, it's the responsibility of who? You. Okay. I want to get this clear. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit of God gave us, uh, that God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and what word? Self-discipline. Okay. The gift that God has given you is actually given to you and it's your job and my job. It's on you and it's on me to fan our gifts into flame as we, as we submit them to God and we're self-disciplined with them. Uh, there was a moment in my life, I, I, I was the worship pastor here at this church for a number of years. So I was singing songs and leading teams and doing all that on the musical end of things. And, and it was crazy because there was a moment in my life when I was 27 years old, and this is what I had heard from people. This is what I had heard. I had heard, Pat, just do us a favor. Don't sing and don't play music because there are notes that you sing that heaven hasn't heard and there's notes that you sing that hell should never hear. So don't sing, 
my, my brother and sister like grew up in choir and they sang and, you know, college, sing, 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 sing. And then I was like, bro, don't sing. 27 years old, I'm sitting in this group that we, we call them life groups. They're little groups that meet home, I'm sitting in this life group. It was right before we started this church, 17 years ago. I'm sitting in this and I said, God, I don't know what's going on, but I'm driving home, going down the 783 or living in Oceanside at the time. And I'm like, God, if you just give me the ability to play a guitar and to sing to you, I will do nothing but bring it to you as worship. It will always be about worship. If, in fact, all I ever do with the ability that I'm asking you to give me is sit in my bedroom alone with no one there and I can worship your name and I can just sit face to face with you, it's worth it all. God, will you give that to me? And that gift, I had to grow it. Within two weeks, I end up with this guitar. I won't get into the whole story. Miraculous story. I end up with this guitar. Someone shoves some song sheets across and goes like, here, this is how you play these four chords. I'm like, uh, okay. And, and our gifts have to be grown. So I had to spend time. When I became the worship pastor, I, I went and I was like, oh man, like I went, I saw vocal coaches. I had to invest more time in disciplining my ability to play guitar and understanding music a little bit better. But I couldn't call you and ask you to go to my vocal coach for me and sing the notes. Do you, do you understand that it's you, it's, God is speaking to you this morning. He, he, he wants you to know what it is that he's placed inside of you and he wants you to submit those things to him and bring them under discipline and fan them into flames. God doesn't want our gifts to sit as kindling in what should be a fire. He wants the gifts that we have to be fanned into flames and to be vibrant and bring life and bring warmth. But we have to grow them. Proverbs 22, 29. Do you see someone skilled in their work? They will serve before kings. They will not serve before officials of low rank. Because they've developed their gift and it's turned into a skill. They've developed their gift and it's turned into So let me define this. Your gift, whatever God's placed in you, is your ability to do something. It's your ability to do something. Your skill is your ability to do that something well. We have to understand this. It's our ability to do the something that God has put in you well. Now, I want to, I want to be sure that you hear this. This is not about perfection. Well is not perfection. Well is excellence. Excellence is I'm going to spend time on my craft. I'm going to spend time working through and exercising these things. You can't grow something that you don't exercise. The more that I played my instrument, the more it developed, the, the more skilled I became. That's how your human body works. The more that you exercise it, the stronger it becomes. The more skillful your muscles and your ligaments and everything, your the more you use your brain, it, 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 it can respond quicker. It becomes more effective. 
You have the ability to do something in your heart. And God wants you to fan that into flame. And he wants it to become a skill. Because he is going to wield that gift in you to strike down what the enemy wants to wield against the other people around you. First Timothy 4.14, don't neglect your gift. How many of us, we're going to walk through this process, we're going to go, Pastor Pat, I put the code in, I took the test, and we find out what our gifts are, and we go like, oh, awesome, man, I'm going to put these on the shelf, I'm going to store them in the storage unit that I have with all the other stuff that I don't ever use, but I'm a hoarder and I can't get rid of, because it's like ripping my heart apart that one day I might want this thing. So we don't park our cars in our garages, we put our stuff in our garages. And then we go rent more boxes to put our stuff that's overflowing out of our boxes that we call homes into these other boxes that someone has figured out how to make money off of us by renting box space so we can take our stuff and put them in boxes and drive in our box with wheels and go inside the box that we're paying more money for to put our boxes of stuff inside that bigger box. And you're like, I feel stuck, pastor. I don't know what's wrong. I just, I'm waiting for like something to break. And just like, I'm waiting. And I'm like, well, could you? I just see boxes. Lord's speaking to me right now. It's prophetic. I just see boxes over you right now. Does that mean anything to anybody here? Raise your hand if you're stuck in a box. You know how to get out of the box? Exercise. You want to break out of your boxes? Exercise the gift. Don't put it on a shelf. Don't neglect it. Don't do it. You know why? We need your gift. I need, I need what's inside of you. Number four, gifts are irrevocable. This is going to be fun. Gifts are irrevocable. Now, I, I'm going to break this scripture down because there's some really important things about this scripture behind the surface that I think we have to understand. Romans eleven twenty nine. for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. Last week I talked about call. A call is an invitation. That's what it means. So what's my calling on my life? What's my purpose for my life? What's, what is the invitation that God has given me? The word call means invitation. This word gifts means grace or favor. So I'm going to explain it this way. We just watched a team of musicians that God has given them grace. Okay? He's extended to them the ability, and it's up to them to fan into flame their gifts and create skills. And they've become skillful to certain levels. Right? We never, we're always on a journey of learning. So they're all learning. Still, we're, we're all learners. I'm learning. Hopefully you're a learner. Okay? Learners are leaders. So we should all be on this journey of learning our entire lives. We're learning. So here that God's given, he's extended these graces. God's extended graces to some of them to play instruments that maybe God hasn't extended that grace to you. Does that make sense? Uh, God's wired people in a way where they look at a blank field and they see a beautiful piece of architecture and a building and how people flow in and out of that building and where cars need to park and how... Uh, and how people can can create community around spaces, and they they think in this way. You're, just, you're going, gosh, this is this is brilliant. The grace that God has put in your life, 
God has put grace in people's heart and the gifts. He's put grace in them to be able to look at the human anatomy and say, you know, um, based on what I'm seeing, what you're explaining, this is what I think is going on inside of your body. I think these are the assessments that, that we need to work through, and we're going to figure these things out. But God's given that person grace. So it says here that the gifts, the grace that God has given you, and his invitation to use those gifts is irrevocable. Now, we need to understand what irrevocable means. Irrevocable means without repentance, without regret. Unregrettable. This is what this means. Did you know that God has taken certain things? He's taken these gems. He's taken these golden nuggets and he's placed them inside of you. He's taken these graces. He's taken these gifts and he's placed them inside of your heart. And he's invited you to step in and to utilize those and to develop those and to and become skillful in those and to use them to serve other people. Now, God has actually given you the invitation. But it says that they're irrevocable. What that means is God is not repentant and he doesn't regret putting those things inside of you, whether you're actually walking in them, whether you're acknowledging them, whether you're growing them, whether you're doing anything with them. He's a good dad. He's a good father that says, I love giving you a gift. And I understand that you're four years old, metaphorically, and you're looking at the gift and you don't want to unwrap it because you're just like enamored with the bow and the wrapping. But the real gift is inside the real gift lies inside of all that. And you got to rip it open and you got you to put it together and you got to play with it and you got to develop it. And God looks at us and he's like, I'm not ashamed of giving you that gift. I'm not ashamed of giving you the gold that lies inside of you. I'm not ashamed of giving you the thing that can literally change environments, can change cities, can change. I'm not afraid of putting that inside of you. I'm not afraid of calling you. I'm not afraid of calling you my own. And I'm not afraid of calling you out of darkness. See, God can't be regretful because it says that he doesn't change like the shifting shadows. That's what we read in the beginning of our morning here. You know what that means about God? He never makes a mistake. He's perfect. So when I'm regretful, it's because of the imperfections in my life. So God doesn't regret you. He doesn't regret what he's put inside of you. He's actually calling those things forth. He's actually saying the world wants to tell you don't sing that note. They want to they heap more dirt and soil on top of the gem that lies beneath. They want to they state the obvious. You know, you're not very good at doing this right now. You should stop doing it. And I said, I'm sorry, but my dad said what I need to do is develop the gift that's inside of me. So when you tell me that I need to just suffocate underneath what you're burying me with, I need to get to work and I need to start exercising this thing. Let's talk in 10 years. Let's talk in 15 years when I'm walking in the fullness of my gift that God has developed in me as a skill. Let's talk when I'm standing on platforms you told me I would never stand on. Let's talk when I'm moving with purpose, walking in the invitation of my calling. Let's have a conversation then because you may not see it, but my father saw it before I was ever created and he put this in me and he doesn't regret a moment. Pat, I don't even believe in Jesus. This is the craziest thing. You want evidence of God in your life if you don't believe in God? You know that thing that you do? That when you do it, 
It feels like you were made for it. Like it feels like you can breathe. You know those moments in your life that you, you're like, everything seems to be like for this one moment. That is the grace. That is the gift. You were operating in that moment. But the grace is the gifting that God has placed in you. You're feeling the pleasure of the Father's heart in your life in that moment. God is not ever going to look at you and regret you. I'm going to have the band come out here for this last one. I'm going to set some ground rules here. Number one, all gifts are awesome. All gifts are awesome. So what happens is this. Romans 12, in verse 3, it says, Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Rather, think of yourself with sober judgment. Sober judgment doesn't mean um, self-deprecating. Sober judgment doesn't mean think of yourself lesser than. That's not what it means. It says, don't, don't, don't think of yourself with lowly judgment. In accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. Now, here's the deal. All gifts are awesome. Sometimes what happens is, is we look at a keyboard. I'm going to use music as an example, okay? We look at a keyboard, we look at a guitar, we look at drums, we look at singing, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, man. And then like, if, if, if I'm the person playing the keys, or I'm the person singing, or I'm the person playing, I'm like, my gift? <laughs> I think more highly of myself than I should. My gift is the gift. We need more guitar in this song. We need more cowbell. Right? You're just like, ding, 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 come on, you know? You're like, throwback, okay? We need more cowbell. We think highly of ourselves, so we're like, my gift is the best gift on the platform. And then we have other people on the platform that are like, my, you know, what am I even doing? Danny's holding the, Danny's holding, wait, wait. Can you, we see? Danny's holding the drumstick, bro. Danny's like, what do I do? Are you, are you like invoking us with some candlelight service? Like, you bless, he's blessing us. He's like, whoa, something, right? And he's like, dude, what's my part? I'm just like holding the drumstick. He thinks low, he's, he's, he's actually, he's like, like man, I, God, what you, you gave me like the consolation gift. I don't want this gift. I don't want the drumstick. And that's pride at work in your hearts. It's pride at work in my heart. Pride will take us to the highest of highs, thinking too highly of ourselves. And pride also takes us to the lowest of our depressions. Because pride is the overindulgence of thinking of oneself. And when I think too much about myself and how great I am, we go, that's prideful. But so is when I think so much of myself that I'm like, you know, I'm just not as good as the, you know, I'm not as good as the, the drummer. I'm not as, my gift doesn't, I'm nice. Like, here's it.
so beautiful right there. <laughs> so here's what happens. This is a game of comparison we fall into with our gifts. We begin comparing. We're like, you know what I really want? I don't want my gift. I want I want I want Lane, I want Lane's gift. So did you notice something about the team when they came out here? What 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 did you notice? They're all switch spots. You know why? Because they fall into the comparison game and they're looking across the table and they're thinking too highly of themselves. And so they're all like, I want this gift, I want but and they're not paying attention to the gift that God had given them. So what we're gonna do is, is I'm gonna have them play for us. Simple gospel. It's a simple song. They're going to play simple gospel for us. So guys, would you please, for me, on the count of four, would you guys play simple gospel? One and two and three and four. Go for it. I want to know you, Lord, like I know a friend. I want to know you, Lord. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna more cowbell, right? <laughs> Danny, come on! <laughs> I'm gonna bring a cowbell next okay. time. This is what hey, this is what it sounds like when you don't know your gift and you aren't playing the part. It sounds like discord. God has a sound for us to release in our giftings when we know what it is we carry and we play our part. And when that is submitted to the greater good, when it's submitted to the group, what it releases, it's attractive. We're not attractive. But what we release, it's attractive. And God is attractive. I'm going to have them switch back to their instruments. Someone said, thank you. Why don't you guys stand? Did that make sense? Hey, what's your gift? What's your gift? Figure it out. Play your part. Submit that gift to serve other people. Develop that gift, self-discipline. God's given it to you. No matter where you sit today, God's call in your life is irrevocable. It's without repentance. God will never repent for you. What happens is when we step in and we play our part, we present the simple gospel, this is what it sounds like. Family, we need you to have the courage to step in, to know your gifting, to play your part. Every single one of you carries something 
Every single one of you carries a part that when it's added, it brings something that's missing. Every one of us carries something different. It's up to us this morning. So here's some questions. The questions that I'm going to leave you with this week are this. What are the gifts that God has given you? Go take the test. God, it's not a pass or fail. I'm not a great test taker, so I love these tests. Because I'm like, I passed. Yeah, that's me. I took the test, by the way. And I took it and was like, mind-blowing. I was like, that is 100% me. You're going to get the results. What are your gifts? Step in. Take the test. Number two, are you willing to learn and play your part and develop your gifts? We want you to know you're on the right bus. We want you to know you're sitting in the right seat. We want you to be skilled. We want you to bring your offering. We want you to bring yourself as a living sacrifice with excellence. We should, as followers of Jesus, be the thought leaders of culture. We should be the creative architects of the most creative things you've ever seen. We should be sitting at the forefront of education and technology. We should be sitting high in places where we've taken the gifts that God has given us and we've developed skills. And we stand firm with a courage and a strength to say, God, I know what you've given me. And you're a good dad. And when I unwrap it, you're excited to see the look on my face. And you're there to help me as I grow this thing. And you're going to take me to places that I never imagined. And it's not going to be fast, family, but it will be fruitful. It won't be fast, but it will be fruitful. Let's pray. Father, this morning I pray in the name of Jesus that if there's any person here that does not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, they're looking for something. That this is the moment. God has placed something in you this morning and He's calling you. He's calling you to respond. If that's you, I'm going to ask you to come forward. We want to pray with you. We want to spend a moment with you. We take it seriously. To my left, to your right. Some individuals that wanted to pray with you. For the rest of you, if you feel comfortable, just open your hands up. Just like a little kid receiving a gift on a Christmas morning. How many of you want to know your purpose here? How many of you want to know your purpose in life? Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that your purpose would be unveiled by the washing rains. By the washing rains. God, if there's storms in people's lives, that you would give them the ability to stand firm knowing that what you're doing is, is you're bringing the rains that wash away the dirt so you can expose the gems and the gold that lies below the surface. The world wants to heap more dirt and you want to wash away what the world wants to bring and you want to expose the gifts inside of us. So Father, we say yes and amen to who it is that you are. We say yes and amen to what it is that you've given us. We say yes and amen to serving others with those things, to being diligent and disciplined with them. In Jesus' powerful, authority-given name, we say yes and amen and amen.